Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Pat Price Tech Talk Training Room, December 11, 2023. I'm Larry Gassman, co-chair of Tech Talk and Accessible World. And tonight's a little different. I should tell you that this is the last evening that we will be doing Tech Talk until next year. In the meantime, on ACB, uh, beginning next week, we will start a three-part series because it will continue uh, with uh, a look, compare and contrast of the major screen readers that were involved in uh, the blindness community in the year 2000. And it's fascinating. You've got some terrific people who will be a part of that, Jonathan Mosin hosting. It was done then, and you'll get a chance to hear it again uh, starting next week on ACB Radio. Technology has always been a part of our world. Today especially, and more and more with the evolvement of the Internet and so many other things, technology is huge. Back in the 1950s, it was big, but the way we recorded then was vastly different than the way we record now digitally. We used tape and scissors. And the CBS Radio Workshop was a radio program done from 1956, 7, and 8 that talked about the experimental world and what it had to offer. And somebody got the clever idea. What if we were to do a series or a a program called I Have Three Heads where you would hear what it was like for a tape editing machine to have to deal with the fact that people constantly needed it to edit programming. And of course, since it's radio and since it's imagination, the tape recorders talk. So this is fascinating and it's kind of cool. And it is in in, in a lot of respects the way we used to edit and record things, even into the 60s before cassettes. So what I'm going to do now is play a program from May 26, 1957. It's called I Have Three Heads. It's from the CBS Radio Workshop. Well, I have two recordings of this. One of them is a network copy. The other is an air check from New York, and I chose that one because there are little commercials at the beginning and end. It runs 25 minutes. When that's done, we can talk about that if you'd like a little bit. We can also talk about maybe your favorite technology gift that you got for Christmas. And if you never got a technology gift for Christmas, we can make it Well, we can expand it a little bit and you can talk about whatever you got for Christmas that was your favorite gift. But we'd like to keep it to technology if we can. John, is there anything I've missed? I don't think so. This is a fun program. It is. It's It's a unique program. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard anything like it and it's fun. Some great radio comedian, great radio pros as a part of this, some of whom you may recognize if you... Read talking books because a lot of them were talking book narrators in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, including Ralph Bell. So here is the CBS Radio Workshop, May 26th, 1957. It's called I Have Three Heads. Stay tuned for the CBS Radio Workshop. Did you say you're thirsty, man? Have a 7 Up. No comeback thirst when you finish a bottle of 7 Up. Nothing does it like 7-Up, 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 nothing does it like 7-Up, 7-Up, nothing else can do what it does for you. Nothing does it like 7-Up. WCBS, AM and FM, New York. Passing tape over three heads, one for erasing, one for recording, the third for playback, and... The CBS Radio Workshop, dedicated to man's imagination, the theater of the mind, presents I Have Three Heads, a study of the techniques, the possibilities, and the improbabilities of tape recording. Today's workshop was conceived and created by CBS radio engineer Mort Goldberg. In today's workshop, Mr. Goldberg has been aided and abetted by... uh, Hey, hold on. Hold on, wait a minute. Too fast. Too... That was Stu Metz. Nice guy, but loves to talk, like all announcers. Aided and abetted by... Aided and abetted by a writer, a director, a... Who needs him? 
All you need for a good bang-up tape job is a good engineer like Morty and a trustworthy, loyal, helpful, friendly tape machine like me. That's all you need. Morty and I, we put our heads together. His one head and my three, and we can do anything. Yes, sir, anything. Uh-oh. Who's this coming in? Don't they know this tape room's closed until tomorrow morning? Okay, Bill. Tape room 18's clear. Ready to take her inside there? Right. Maintenance men. Prod you, poke you, take your insides out. Regular little Dr. Kildare's. Man, these new machines get heavier all the time. You said it. Lift a couple of these every day, and you could bend steel bars in a circus. Right. New machine. What gives? Am I on the way out? Okay. Let's put it down for a minute and rest. I'm tired, boy. Get a cable. We'll have to stretch it to the new box. Over in the corner. Got it. Well, what are you waiting for? What about tools? You got them? All except the wrench that fell out of my pocket. In the elevator. I'll go get it. Easy. Let's take the old machine out or we won't have room to work. These tape rooms aren't any bigger than a cell. Right. Which one of these old machines goes? Don't you know? I don't know. Don't you? Joe didn't tell you himself? I thought Joe told you. Okay, skip it, skip it. He's out. We'll have to wait till he comes back from supper. Well, that's maintenance men for you. They can tell you transistor 205 connects to pole 83 on the BX sub-transformer, but when it comes to replacing one of the three experienced machines in this tape room, they should go back to plumbing. Sure hope it won't be me. Say, maybe this new machine knows who he's replacing. <coughs> Hi, uh, new here, aren't you? That's obvious at first glance, I should say. Well, we were all bright and new once. I'm Howard Ampex, model 200. And you? Gerald Ampex, model 350. We must be cousins. Distant, I'm sure. <laughs> Wait till this time tomorrow. Wait till you've worked 12, 14 hours steadily. Fast forward, rewind, stop, edit. Fast forward, stop, edit. Fast forward, dub, loop, rewind. <laughs> I hope I'll see you after a week. I doubt whether you will. What do you mean by that? I saw how you trembled when I was ushered in a few minutes ago. You're quite sure I'm here to replace you, aren't you? Oh, am I? I heard those maintenance men talking. I remember every syllable of every word, like a good tape machine should. I'm quite aware of what they said. <laughs> Are you? Let me play them back to you. Remember, the tape room door opened, and then Frank and Bill started talking. Okay, Bill. Tape room 18's clear. Right. With no machine inside there. Right. Well, what are you waiting for? Let's steal her. What about Joe? Joe comes back from supper. Get a wrench and stretch him out in a box. Right. Okay. Let's skip. The elevator man's in my pocket. Let's lift, take her out, and sell her. Well, now, Gerald, which of us machines is going out tonight? Howard Ampex, that's the most dishonest thing I ever heard. What's dishonest? I didn't change a word. You changed the order of the words. You changed the whole implication of their conversation. <laughs> Cousin, you sure have a lot to learn about tape editing. You mean that's what we do here? You... You? <laughs> Certainly not. We don't change meanings, that is. You're right. It is dishonest. That's why tape recordings are thrown out in the courts of most states. That's why editing for broadcast takes an entirely different turn. M to, uh, 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 then that, that, there was a... What's that? Uh, a voice uh, on the tape room floor. Just part of a day's work. An hour's work, more or less. It took a whole hour to get that? Let me explain. This morning, Morty came in with a fella named George Vikas. Produces a show called Update. Vikas and Morty had a German student on a piece of tape. I got to know a few students. Uh, 
uh, my own uh, im impression from America uh, students was that there was a... Now, Gerald, is that clear? That there's more... Well, it's rather hard to get the drift. Than, of course uh, it was. With radio, people are listening on small sets. People are listening in cars. Things have got to be very clear. You play something like that, all over the country, people think something's wrong with their radio. So how did you save the country? What? Oh, Morty and I go to work. Morty wants to start at the beginning of the student's words, so he punches me into rewind. Here we are, back at the beginning. Morty punches my start button, and the tape starts unreeling from the feed reel to the take-up reel. It passes by my three heads, one for erasing, the second for recording the sounds and words that are fed into it, and the third for playing back what's already on the tape. It's this third, the playback head we're using now as we catch the students' first words. I got to know a few students. Uh... Morty punches my stop button. Back we go to find that ah. Uh. What's that very odd noise? Manual operation. Morty's working the machine by hand. Well, really, by hand? You'll have many a hand laid on you before you go back to maintenance for your first checkup. And many a razor blade, too. Razor blade? We're coming to that. Morty's found the uh-uh. Now he opens the gate, exposing the heads. He marks the spot for the cut. You'll hear him dropping the pencil. Where's the razor blade? My boy, never let it be said we tape machines give any external evidence of the anxiety, the pain, the shock of having a sharp razor blade passed across us a dozen times an hour. The next sound you hear will be the snick of the splicing tape, the tape machine's band-aids. Then the tape is put back in the gate, the gate is closed, and we're off again. Um, My own. Um, what happened to the words you were editing? This is a pro job, son. Morty goes on to tighten the space between the words my and own. There you have it. Now you'll hear what Morty's edited so far. Taking out the uh, tightening the space between the my and own. A few students, my own, uh, Im impression. Uh-oh. Another uh to come out. And an im from that im-impression. So Morty makes a mark after my own, pulls the tapes by hand this time, and marks the tape ready to cut after the first im. My own. Uh, im That was me, rewinding. Now, here we go forward. My own impression from America, uh, students. Another, uh, to come out. Let's see how fast Morty can make this. America. Oh. question from America students was that there was a that there's more stop in what's the matter Gerald are you shaking your heads Howard it can go like this all day it's a tough grind but let me show you how it will sound after an hour or so that's when you're proud of yourself and your engineer I got to know a few students my own impression from America students was that there's more 
in the people of this country than that kind of materialism which the tourists expose. Well, that's very interesting. That's... Uh, Howard, are you crying? Excuse me, Gerald. I... I... It's just so clear, so, so beautiful, the work I do. Too bad I haven't some soft music for your emotional jag. Music? Now, that's where you can have some fun. Have you seen My Fair Lady? My Fair Lady? What's that? A musical show I wrote. Oh, you? Well, I helped, in a way. Morty and I taped some of Julie Andrews' Cockney pronunciations and Mr. Harrison making with phonetics. And we taped a funny babble-babble of women's voices you hear on the My Fair Lady record, too. They promised me two seats, but I never got them. Yes. Did I, uh... Did I mention that I play classical music extremely well? You did. As a matter of fact, you'll probably be very good at cleaning tapes. I, uh, Cleaning tapes? Bringing foreign tapes up to American broadcast quality. Jim Fassett, he's our music commentator who has a program here on Sunday afternoons, World Music Festivals. He goes to Europe and brings back orchestras and singers in concerts American audiences might never hear. But listen. That's not good broadcast quality, is it? Sounds like the Oskaloosa Little Symphony. On us American machines, yes. But remember, Gerald, these tapes are made in Europe. Different machines. Jim and Morty and I work on these European tapes to restore the original quality. Take this piece of tape. You and I switch back and forth. You play the facet, Morty, Howard, American version. I'll play the original tape. Here I go. We're a little late, so good night, folks. What in the world was that? <laughs> A piece of Jack Benny tape that Morty and I lost this afternoon. Wondered where it was. Does this happen often? Not often enough to my way of thinking. Boy, could we have fun. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. However, let me give you a case of where Morty and I did mix some tapes deliberately. You like band music? Military, college, circus, jazz, or street corner? Military. Not one, but four of them. This same fella, Vicus, that I told you about, he and Morty and I put together an audition for a show that hasn't been broadcast yet. A show called Sounds of the World. That music is the band up at West Point playing. We also got tapes of a band at Buckingham Palace. Another band from France. And still another band playing in Red Square in Moscow. We also got tapes of four sergeants, one from each country, and let them give the command to march. For international cooperation, how do you like this? Company! of the world. Four military bands from West Point, England, France, and Russia. Hey, 
Maybe they ought to trade the UN for a good tape machine, eh, Gerald? I like that, Howard. Sort of liked it myself, if I do say it as shouldn't. Say, Howard, what's that tune? That tune? Oh, it's a little number I wrote myself. Oh, before or after you wrote My Fair Lady? Well, to edit this statement correctly, I, little old Howard Ampex of Tape Room 18, am probably the only tape machine that had a song especially arranged for him. For years, Morty has played tape backwards and forwards and upside down, but he has never had the chance, until just the other day, to find out what happened when an orchestra taped a song backwards and then I played it forward again. Says Morty to himself, what happens to the instruments? So that's where Hank Silvern entered. And this is how Hank arranged T for two straight. Now I taped that, and here's how it would sound if played backwards. You see? Almost everybody's done that, including the two million people who own home tape recorders. But now came the job of orchestrating T for two backwards, so that the musicians began with the last note and played it through to the first note. Here's how that sounded. We had seven top musicians. Hank at the piano, then guitar, bass, drums, vibes, sax, and trumpet. For musicians who could play T for two straight in their sleep, this backward arrangement almost drove them to the point of turning in their union cards. But you should have seen their faces a few minutes later. Here's what we've been working for. A popular song, T for two, orchestrated and played backwards. Now, reversed and played forward so that the tune is recognizable. Did you ever hear music like this? just barely in it. First time anybody but Morty and me and Hank and a few others have heard that music. Gosh, Howard, I feel so low. Low? About what? I, I didn't recognize you as a pioneer. Don't be corny and call me the tape machine's tape machine. It's all in the day's work. Come on, cheer up, Gerald. Uh-oh, someone's coming. Well, Bill, all set to get this new machine rolling. Right. What number machine are we taking out? Number 20. Got your wrench? What wrench? The one you left in the elevator earlier. I got it. Well, hold it a minute. I forgot mine. I guess it's goodbye, number 20. Cheer up, Gerald. Old tape machines never die. They just go back and get new heads. 
If they come around with those two tickets they promised you for my fair lady, shall Morty and I tell them where you are? <laughs> Don't bother. Morty made his own special version out of three recordings. Charlie Applewhite's, Sylvia Sims, and Dinah Shores. Want to hear it? Just for kicks. Fast forward, stop, start, and just for kicks. I could have danced all night. I could have danced all night and still have begged for more. I could have spread my wings and done a thousand Today's workshop, I Have Three Heads, was conceived and created by CBS radio engineer Mortimer Goldberg. Mr. Goldberg has been aided and abetted by the following. Charles S. Monroe, writer. Ira Ashley, director in New York. Jackson Beck as Howard. Ian Martin as Gerald. And Ralph Bell and Bill Quinn as the maintenance men. Hank Silvern, arranger and conductor. Stuart Metz your announcer. The workshop wishes to thank James Fassett, Irving Gitlin, George Bekus, and others who contributed portions of program material used today. Next week, from Hollywood, a satiric fantasy written by and starring Stan Freeberg about the entertainment competition in a desert spa roughly paralleling Las Vegas. America listens most to the CBS radio network. Stay tuned for Suspense. Oh, man, I mean, really, I mean, nothing does it like 7-Up. I mean, nothing, man. Nothing does it like 7-Up, 7-Up. Nothing does it like 7-Up, 7-Up. Nothing else can do what it does for you. Nothing does it like 7-Up. It's a real thirst quencher, don't forget. It's fresh, clean taste, it's finest yet. It's a quick, refreshing lift you get. Nothing does it like 7-Up. How come Susie's records always sound so great? How come Susie's food is the best you ate? How come Susie's gang never shows up late? Nothing does it like 7-Up. Say, man, getting ready to have a ball? Have plenty of 7-Up. 7-Up makes any party really great. Nothing does it like 7-Up, 7-Up. Nothing does it like 7-Up, 7-Up. Nothing else can do what it does for you. Nothing does it like 7-Up. And there you go, from May 26, 1957, the CBS Radio Workshop. Bill Quinn, one of the uh, actors in this program, was married... And his uh, wife was the dot was the no let's see Bill how do I, Bill Quinn was married and his son-in-law let's do it that way turned out to be Bob Newhart and we got a chance to uh, to meet Bill Quinn on a couple of occasions I don't know if we ever got a chance to meet Bob Newhart I'm not sure anyway I don't think so anyway uh, so that was the CBS Radio Workshop hope you enjoyed that. Uh, <laughs> I, couple of things that I'd forgotten about when you listen to that program. Uh, a little bit of discratch in it, but fun to listen to. And that's the way they used to do editing back then. It's so easy to do it digitally these days. So yeah. much nicer. Yeah. But yeah. it all started with uh, the open reel tapes. So in the next 30 minutes or less, because we're a little past the bottom of the hour... We, we can talk about technology related to this show if you want. We can also get your favorite technology gift for Christmas. 
If you never got a technology-related gift for Christmas, we can talk about just anything you got for Christmas that was your favorite. We'll open it up to that. Let's, um, if you, if you want to participate, unmute, but let's be careful about the amount of people unmuting at the same time, because then it becomes cacophony, and then it's tough. So if anybody has comments, questions, you can unmute now, and we'll see how that goes. This is Carla. Hi, Carla. Um, I, I I really enjoyed that. And, you know, I worked at a radio station mm-hmm. back in the late 70s, early 80s. And I remember editing with the reel-to-reel. You do? Yeah. Yes. I remember that so much. Yep. And, um, and I remember my first technology gift was a small reel-to-reel tape recorder when I was about six years old. Because oh. my father got tired of me playing with his dictaphone and playing radio station <laughs> and recording all over his letters that he had for his secretary. And I'd, I'd he'd hear me playing radio station. He'd take it into the office and all of a sudden he'd hear, this is WMCH. It's like, where'd that letter go? <laughs> wow. Yeah, so I, I got a um, reel-to-reel and um, then a, a, a little cassette um, you know, recorder later on when it got uh, they got sure. more popular. Sure. And I I played a lot of tricks with tape recorders, and I remember when I had my Sony 105. Oh yeah. They caught college tapes mm-hmm. on it. Um, sometimes I would take a stereo reel to reel, make a tape, and play something backwards. And you know, I had to laugh at him orchestrating T for two because I did the same thing with that, you know, two thousand space oddity. Oh. And I figured out what it would be. I played it backwards, forwards on the piano, and then I played it back on the recorder backwards, and it sounded like exactly, exactly, yeah. Doing things like that and um, then slowing things down and speeding things up at the radio station. I did a a special, a radio special, and we had grown men and they were to be elves. I wrote the part for them doing elves. And um, so I animated them by slightly using the very speed, not, you know, like Alvin and the chipmunk Mm -hmm. icing them, but in between. And they sounded animated and just doing things like that. And if you if you dropped a coin on the table and you played that slow, it sounded like a a manhole cover jumping. You know, I mean, just different things like that. And then there were words that you could say backwards and they'd come out the same backwards and forwards like Swami Mouse. Oh, wow. Wow. I mean, so um, I I think that's what I'm going to say as far as my technology. And I'd like to know where you get, uh, you know, the CVS workshop, radio workshop. It's always been my favorite. And I'd like to find some of those. I think we have all of them. Oh, where can you get them? Um, They're available. They're available for most, a lot of collectors around the country. They're on the internet as well. If you do a search for the CBS Radio Workshop, it'll come up. Okay. One one time, several years ago, Larry and I were, we we did. You're going to tell the same story that I was about to tell. Yeah. So, (laughs) so for Christmas one time, we thought, wouldn't it be fun if we could broadcast from the North Pole? We do a radio show called Same Time, Same Station. They didn't hear that. But but, but right. we we've been doing it since 1980. Okay, go ahead. So we got. They used to use a lot of times when they needed to make the sound of somebody walking through snow. You would get cornstarch and you'd squeeze it up near the microphone, and it sounded like you were walking in snow. So we got the wind and we got the snow and we got some dialogue, and we walked into the North Pole, closed the door, and then the elves started talking. And the elves were portrayed by Larry and I, who recorded our voices talking and saying things, some of which we could never say on the air, but you couldn't hear it very clearly, so it didn't matter. Um, and we sped it up. But but we so, did layers of that, so that it, it right. sounded like maybe 20 or 30 elves talking underneath talking, and we, you know, our natural pound, voices. We'd pound on the desk, you know, as if they were making toys. And it was really a lot of fun, and we told everybody that we were broadcasting via Santalite. And people used to call every couple of years and say, hey, are you going to broadcast my satellite? Are you bringing the elves back? And we we, we did it a couple of years ago. We might have to do it this year, John, again. We could. Yeah, because we've got the tracks of just the elves. And you got elves who have caught cold, so they're sneezing and they're sneezing coughing in the and hacking yeah. away. They're yeah. hacking, yeah. Yeah, so we might have to do that. This this program has reminded me of that. Yeah, Fun that's stuff. probably a good Fun idea. Fun stuff. Anybody else? This is Ron. Hey, Ron. Ron hey, Ron. Barron. 
Hey guys. So uh, uh, a few things are just uh, just bringing back such great nostalgia. So I love the Sony 105 reference. Yes, uh, I still have three of them. Oh my! Uh, I used to trade uh, shows with you guys on reel to reel tape back in the 80s. Yeah, um, with my Sony 105. Um, I remember the Elf routine. You the first time I heard it, you guys sent it. To Ed Potter, who played it on uh, oh, did we? Uh, his playback magazine. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've got all uh, the playback magazines, so I probably have it somewhere. I'd forgotten, I'd forgotten that. that, though. Yeah, that uh, well, it's 40-some-odd uh, years. Yeah, yeah. It, it does happen. <laughs> um, the other thing, so, I mean, that I just, you know, spent a little bit of time just, you know, thinking about that and enjoying that. Uh, the other thing that I... Uh, uh, really wanted to comment on was so this show I, I wonder what it would have been like for people listening at the time uh, you know who who didn't have machines and and were not familiar with that but what what killed me was here's this show about tape and then you have this very very obvious changing of the disc to, to continue for the second half of the show. Oh, I was like, you, are you kidding? Yeah, you was would that mention that. No, 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 no. <laughs> because it was done on tape, and it was and and it was broadcast from tape. But there were some stations who made discs from a tape, as did oh, w, WCBS. <laughs> yeah, and and the and the reverence you're talking about is something that nobody else will hear when it gets broadcast on ACB Media. Is is because I'm going to take it out. Uh, but there was an obvious disc gap when whoever was recording the show changed discs, and I didn't know that, so I didn't put them together, the disc together. So you'll hear when the needle gets to the end and he picks up the disc, flips it over, puts the needle back down on the next disc, and so that is all something that you guys have heard, but nobody else will, because I'll take it out. But it it was cracking me up because I'm going, like, okay, that you know, is a thing in old yeah. time radio. Yeah. But, you know, here's this show that is all about know, tape all, and we're doing all about tape. Stuff. And yeah. here we are changing the disc. I was like, that's fabulous. Well, I played this because of the, <laughs> because of the air check, but also it was a little bit of sound, better sound than what I uh-huh. had. Uh, so I picked the best audible sound and, it, and with that came some disc scratch, but that's the way that goes. Oh no! That would, no, it adds to it. It yeah. really does. Yeah, it um, does. And I, I didn't recognize Ian Martin. I was kind of sh- oh, ashamed yeah. of myself. Yeah, great um, talking book narrator, and also did a ton of radio. CBS did radio a lot of CBS mystery theaters. Yeah. yeah, a lot of mystery theater. He wrote a lot of them. Yeah, and yep. and he was good. He wasn't just like, oh, well, we have to get a script, so why don't Let's we let this guy Ian. do some writing? Yeah, he was really good. Yep. Uh, good acting, good. Uh, writing, I, I was so glad to get to meet him at uh, Friends of Old Time Radio yep. convention in yep. uh, Connecticut in the seventies. Oh wow! Before Newark, um, wow, you were there early. Uh well, it wasn't that far for me. No, no. <laughs> um, right. I mean, I just you know, I, I uh, you know, carpooled with somebody and sure, uh, you know, it was good. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, Jackson Beck, you can't miss him. No, and, uh, no. Ralph Bell, of course. That was good. Thanks hey, so much, guys. Hey, you're welcome. We, I, I just thought of the idea, and I was surprised that nobody had ever done something like this on a technology we showed before. And it's a little different, and that's kind of nice, too. Yeah, retro uh, technology I, is a lot of fun. Yep. I'll always Are remember walking into here. Are we hands or not? Oh, I, no. well, I, I think I did see your hands, so I was going to call on you next. But, oh, well, that's okay. But, but I it, mean, take the next person first if you want. I'm I was gonna, I'll no, always remember every you, time we saw Jackson back, he was smoking a cigar. Remember? Yeah. Yeah, yep, I do. He, could, he was <laughs> very, smell that cigar smoke. Ah, Jackson must be nearby. Go ahead, Nikki. Thanks, Ron. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I you. think the idea about the elves is a wonderful idea. And okay. <clears throat> I went to City College in Chicago, and it was called Wright Junior College because they had 12 colleges, so each one city colleges so each one had their own name and i was editing the newsletter and a friend of mine was editing cassette tapes and i said that looks i was watching him one time i said that looks like it's really difficult and he said it is it's a lot more than it's a lot harder than editing you know a newsletter and i said well show me how to do it so he did and what he did was he cut 
he had to cut the tape and then he had to splice it and it was so meticulous and then he had to listen to it and and in order to get it just exactly right and i thought oh my god that's amazing but one of these days it'll be a lot easier won't it and he said well i sure hope so so i guess evidently it is a lot easier than that but do you remember those days when you had to cut and slice yeah well i wasn't oh, overly good god. at it i wasn't overly, <laughs> i wasn't overly good at it i was okay but but what's funny is we have recorded shows and then years later 20 30 years later we'd go back and we would play those shows and they were all full of tape splices and in a lot of cases <laughs> those tapes would fall apart because the splices broke yeah. that's it, true they would after mess. a while <laughs> and, and i've got some friends who restore recordings they're much better at it and have, have a lot more patience than i do and they've gone back <laughs> and replaced every single one of those splices so that the shows could be played and that, Whoa, that's, that's incredible. Thank yeah, you very but, much. But they do it. Um, I, I remember um, back in 1972, I was thinking of um, becoming a um, radio announcer for a classical station because I was starting doing it in college and even programs of my own shows. I never had to record or anything, but I remember that summer they had me um, taking, there was a show that a guy named Carl Haas used to do called Adventures in Good Music. Uh -huh. And so they would, do the adventures and then they, he would have to leave a little bit of space in there for the commercials but what i had to do was somehow splice the tape in you know at the single point you know at the point where it was put a piece of paper and splice both ends of the tape to both ends of the paper and then um at some point i was Unediting the shows or something where I had to unsplice the paper and the tape, take uh -huh. the paper out and splice the tape back together. And I, that was the hardest thing for me to learn yeah, to do. I'll bet it and was. it was back in, because I'm not that great as far as like nimble fingers. Um, but could, so could the, that was. Could, um, the, could, could the person talking identify yourself, please? That's Gene. But I will tell you, I didn't get it for Christmas, but I still think so fondly of the Braille and Speak, my first piece mm -hmm. of technology. Mm -hmm. And I am so looking forward to the one that's supposed to come out in March. I think it's the Orbit Speak, yeah. which is supposed to be somewhat something like it, mm -hmm. except the voice will be better and it will cost la a lot less. I am so yeah. looking forward to that because yeah. I thought that was the coolest little thing. Yeah. Very good. Very cool. We'll have good, to good. have uh, Orbit on when when it comes out, and yeah. we'll uh, we'll do a show. This is Debbie. Hello. Hi. Let's do Debbie first because she had her hand up. Go ahead, Debbie. Hi. I oh, also sorry. remember. That's okay. I also remember um, the editing and splicing and all that stuff on the uh, open reels. Um, I was in radio and. I also didn't do very well with that. So one of my coworkers showed me how to use uh, stuff on cart. Oh, Record yeah. something on a cart mm -hmm. and just, you know, pop them in when they needed to be and so forth. So it made it a lot easier to produce a commercial. And one of the first pieces of technology that I got for Christmas that was very useful in the radio station was one of the talking time clocks oh sure uh, oh man that was so cool everybody wanted to use it to time their spots and everything you know that no, was good exactly i i still have and two of them i think i still yeah, work we have a yeah. few around here too yeah. um the the battery cover doesn't stay on so it's no. taped and mm -hmm. you know that kind of thing <laughs> the another thing that i received for christmas was one of those rca audio centers Oh, for sure. those, the, yeah. the AM, FM, and TV and band, TV. yeah, and it, yeah, yeah. Braille, and it was so funny because when my dial cord broke, it was on the station that I worked for on fifteen eighty. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, the Victor Reader was a really cool uh, gift was. back in two thousand seven. Yep, oh the man, first one uh -huh. that was that was the best. Absolutely, yep. all three of them have been terrific. I'm so glad. Mm -hmm. I still have all yep. three of mine. Yep. So, thank, thank you. Thank you, Debbie. Good topic. Yep. Th oh, thank uh, you. Hi. Yeah, uh, hi. Let's go, Marsha. Let's go with Roger, who is here just a little before you. Oh, sorry. That's okay. That's all right, Roger. I think I'm still here. You are. Okay. I wanted to give you a little funny techni technology uh, 
uh, splicing, if you will. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I thought it was interesting recently. You guys know a fellow named Richard Ohm? I know yep. the name. I don't uh, know uh, him. Uh, uh, I know he repairs him. Opticons. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he used to make them. He used to build them. So, but anyway, he was uh, telling me that, you know, you, you don't get rich me of repairing Opticons for blind folks. <laughs> but one of the things he's found, one of the ways he's found to uh, put, put food on the table is by uh, using his old tape recorders to... Uh, convert things that uh, people don't know how to convert anymore. Uh -huh. He's discovered that the sports people at radio stations don't have tape recorders anymore, so when they go to some collector and get the, the sound of the um, of a particular uh, home run in 1945 or something like that, they have it on open reel, and oh. Richard's the only one who knows how to take the open reel and record it onto a one of the kinds of car, uh, of, of uh, digital devices that they have now. Uh, oh, yeah. They have in the radio station, so they yeah. can use the recording on the air. I still have an open reel machine up here, and I do that. I digitize stuff all the time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Apparently, they you know they come looking for him every once in a while with with needs in the, those yeah. areas. Oh, sure. <laughs> yep. He's good to have around for He's, a lot of reasons. He's a good guy, and yeah. a lot of people really like to have their opticons fixed. <laughs> yep, yeah. Roger, thank you. We have a couple more hands that we'll get to before we close up shop for the year. And Marsha is next. Uh, hi, yeah. Um, I uh, remember doing stuff uh, for a college assignment. I had to have a, a children's choir, singing some stuff well unfortunately i couldn't get children's choir so what i did is i sung a bunch of children's songs and speeded it up and and put track overlay and everything like that and so i was able to turn it in and say well that's the children's choir and they got and they and they uh, and they took it they accepted it and the technical gift that i got was my my opticon oh no the, uh, <laughs> wow i mean it was it was great i mean it wasn't a christmas gift so much but it was it was great to go bebopping down into the into the bookstores and everything like that and do all that and my parents would be you know wondering you know oh my god now what have we gotten loose here yeah. now what yeah. the that? you know so it was great you know i think over we, we talked about this and i don't know if it was here uh, i know we talked about it at some point on acb media on the radio the five oh. or six most incredible gifts that revolutionized the life of a blind person uh Tape recording was one of them, I think. iPhones were another. The Victorina mm -hmm. Stream was another, and I'm not doing them in any specific order. Um, and there were a couple of others, and there are a couple more that have just been released that could very well also fit on that list. But, you know, when you think back about things that we got for Christmas as blind people, there are revolutionary things that we couldn't do without that are just... Marvelous, and the iPhone is one of them. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. But Larry, I think is where I think the Braille Sorry, I can't hear you. You're away from. No, you can't. Now you can. There I you go. Put my microphone down, please. Well, technology. The, the technology. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Braille speak. I think is probably the forerunner of so much of the technology that we. That, you know, definitely, I'm thinking like Marsha, the Opticon. Because the Opticon was the first piece of technology, you know, other than a the other than a tape recorder, but the first piece that really, really got you to be independent. And yeah, I know what she means about bopping to bookstores or just saying, "Hey, I want to read that book," and you could. But the Braille and Speak was, you know, the forerunner of so much of the stuff that we have today. Sure. Although, uh, you know all the um, all the note takers, um, all now the Braille displays that are kind of note takers. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, synthesized speech, all all that kind of stuff that was, I think, and I got my first, 
I got my Braille to speak in 1987. Mm. My husband gave it to me for Christmas, and I wanted it so much. I'd gone to a Closing the Gap conference and saw it and just fell in oh. love with it. And mm-hmm. and so that was my surprise gift. And by the way, you know, Roger <laughs> mentioned the Opticon, and I think that's on the list as well. It probably didn't have as much marketability, for instance, back then as maybe the iPhone does now because it's in every home. And, and and so too or so many of the others, but all uh, lots of us use the Opticon and Opticon, and so many still yeah. are. So yeah. many still yeah. are. So, the Opticon wouldn't raise. This is Deborah. Could I jump in? I've been trying and trying to raise my hand. But oh my no, yeah, I haven't broken. seen it. Oh <laughs> no, it's not your fault. My I couldn't find the m- m- button. Um, but but can I jump in? Sure. Thank you. So I've loved all of this. I, I missed uh, the first half. I'll catch it on the recording because we had a really wonderful NLS Bard event. Oh. But um, everybody, you're you're all talking about tech in our era, you know, the Braille yeah. squeak and yeah. the Opticon. But the first thing I thought of when I saw the announcement was when I was eight years old. And, you know, maybe this comes from coming from a different kind of background than than maybe some people because I didn't, you know, I don't come from any kind of privilege or my parents didn't do a lot of investigating about what does a blind child need. But when I was eight, my godparents gave me a Braille watch for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And to, to me, that was, it's like one of the most memorable gifts of a lifetime. Yeah, you're because, right. Because, you know, mm-hmm. it was a gift that said we see who you are and here you go you know and it was just so yeah. cool and i think i think since then that has been the case with me like a lot of my technology you know people that i've worked for have bought it for me or i've bought it myself but whenever there's a gift of technology um in 2013 when a very special friend gave me an apple tv and was like, yeah, yeah, that's it's something that's really cool, mm-hmm. and I can use it. And this person is recognizing oh. that I can use this. Yeah. I mean, so it's not just accessible technology, no. but just that that distinction of seeing who we are and and what we can can and maybe can't do. And, and I think so Deborah as well. Even though she drives me nuts, I think the A lady might belong <laughs> on that list for blind people. Yeah. I'd like to drop kick yeah. her through windows sometimes, but she does provide a lot of good information at instance notice. So I, I think you might have to we might have to put her on the list as well. Absolutely. How, what would we all do without? What do you mean? I well maybe seriously. Let me count I mean, the ways sometimes. We should have a contest to see who talks to it the most times a day. I'm not embarrassed. <laughs> I'm not ashamed. I <laughs> <laughs> I, I ask it the most bizarre things. I asked I do it too. yesterday, how can I discourage my cat from going outside? And I was actually surprised when it didn't know the answer because it knows the answer to a lot of yes, things. Yes, it does, yeah. I talk to my devices all the time, and then I get their names mixed up. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's that. Yeah. There's that. <clears throat> John, yeah. John has asked me in about two minutes to close a little early so that he can play something. So we will do that, and then we'll talk about next uh, the next couple of weeks. And then we have to plan, while you guys, while we're all enjoying Christmas, we have to plan for 2024 in January. We've got one week planned, or two weeks planned, but we need to plan more. So we'll be working on that. So any last-minute comments before I send it over to John? I think it's just, this is Diane. I think it's, you know, it's just kind of, it's really fascinating to how, um, when the actor started out with old time radio, mm-hmm. like Robert Young, let's say, yeah. take him for example. Sure. He started out, you know, Father Knows Best. And then in the late 60s, early 70s, he was on TV on a show, Marcus Welby, MD. And, you know, we used to watch that every week. And Yeah, he actually <laughs> started out as a, as a film actor oh, in did the he? 30s and oh, 40s. Okay. Yeah, before Father Knows Best. Oh, yeah, wow. Was, and then he was the MC on a show called Good News back in 1937 and 38. So he goes back quite a ways. Yeah. Wow, he does. A lot of radio. He does. Yeah. 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 And then they go to TV and, and then William Holden, how many things he was on. I think yeah. that's his name. Yeah. 
Yep. Uh, all the stuff. Wow. He made a lot even on old time radio. Yep. He wants all, yeah. all kinds yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks. Uh, I am looking forward so much because so many things have happened in the last couple of years from a technological, technological standpoint. I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens. I, I think with, with GB, GTP or whatever it's called, yeah. I think. We'll see, because that's still kind of up in the air as far as I'm concerned. But we'll see. But all the other technology that we we are looking forward to, it's going to be fun to see what develops in 2024. Uh, John, do you want to go ahead? You got to set this up now, though. I, I will. I we a little while ago we talked about how we did same time same station shows via satellite from the North Pole, and we did it with the elves and so forth. And I think the elves, elves, would you like to come in here and, and sing uh, Merry, uh, wish everybody a Merry Christmas? Sure, we'd like to sing a song. All right, quiet back there, quiet, quiet. The mountains are Absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much. Delightful. We didn't have to pay them either. We didn't didn't have to pay pay any of them. (laughs) So, is that what you guys sounded like when you were little? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no, that's what we sounded like when we were helium. (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of a helium toddy. Matter of fact, I, that'll go good with dinner tonight, maybe. Well, well, yeah, maybe so, yeah. A helium toddy. Oh, <laughs> I don't know where you got that from. I don't either. <laughs> He's got a great imagination. I, I loved your four-part harmony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a good time putting that, was that together. That, we did that back in like 80 or 81, I think. Yeah. Every wow. now and again, we resurrected it, and people seem to enjoy we it. We might so. do it. Oh, again it's wonderful. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, uh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> Thank you. Well, next week on uh, Tech Talk, we will be dark, of course, but we do provide shows for ACB Radio, and they're usually a week behind us. No, they're not. So, not anymore. I've been doing them the right. same week. Oh, have you? Yeah. Okay. So so next week on, on ACB Radio, we will hear a show that Jonathan Mosin did for Main Menu, where they compared and contrasted and tested out uh, and had a big competition between Jaws and Window Eyes back who, in 2001. Who was on the show? Do you remember everybody? Dean Martin uh, was on the show. Brian Harchin. Uh, Kathy Ann was on the show. Jim Snowbarger and Brian mm-hmm. Harchin. And then I... I told everybody about this on Mastodon, and Brian said, oh, my God, I can't imagine what I sounded like. He said, I never like to listen to myself very often. I didn't keep very much of that stuff uh, because it's 22 years old. But that's the beauty of it. I mean, it's fun to look back at that type of stuff, what we were all talking about in those days. And it was a big deal between Jaws and Window Eyes users. So we thought we would run that. Now, unfortunately, it's tough to know the date and the time based upon the schedule. So I think what I'm going to do is I, rather than giving everybody the, the the recordings that we prepare, I'm just going to put the link to the entire three-hour show on the Tech Doc list because we're, we're going to break it up into three one-hour shows to cover the holidays. But that's not practical for everybody to know when and where it's going to air. So I think I'm just going to put the Dropbox link to the original main menu show, and you can go download it if you want to hear it. Uh, and it's Wonderful. fun to listen to. Thank yeah. you. Good so show. Fun show. Thank you. Yeah. That's a Christmas present, John. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> and it'll arrive sometime before before or by the 18th of uh, of December. Okay, so. so on the 8th of January, Brian Harjan, speaking of Brian Harjan, will be with us. Cool. And I'm trying to remember, Myrna, what he's talking about. Do you remember? He's, he's going, yeah, I do know. And it's very fitting because we talked about editing. And we, it started because I think it was Carla or somebody that said, well, I'd like to know about Gold Wave, and I'd like to know about Studio Recorder. We all happened to think, oh, wait, Brian did those as training courses. So I wrote to Brian as a member, because I'm a member of the planning committee, and said, Brian, would you, you know, told him what, what the background was and said, would you come and do it? And he said, well, I can't do it until 
you know, after Christmas, I said, that's fine. You do it whenever you want to do it because we want to hear you. And we also, Brian, then I said to him, we also want to hear about your training courses because Brian is a wonderful, wonderful teacher. And he has done some terrific training courses. So um, we promised we'd try to send him some coffee across the pond. We didn't know if we could do it, but because he's going <laughs> to, yeah, he's going to be there at one o'clock in the morning. Um, but on January 8th, Brian will be there and, you know, talking about that. Yeah. So look forward to that. We uh, wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Happy holiday, no matter what you celebrate. We hope it's a good one. And uh, relax for the next couple of weeks. Enjoy yourselves. And join us back again on Monday, the 8th of January, 2024, already. Mm -hmm. And thanks so much for being with us on Tech Talk.